0: Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. My name is John.
1: This is Crystal. I'm Mark. I'm Zoe. We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom. We share inspiration. We share struggles. We brainstorm solutions. We would love to have you join us. Hi, guys, and welcome to Quarantine Chaos, our last episode for this crazy absolutely insane (laughs) end to a spring quarter and our very first season as a podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm so excited to be wrapping up this year and looking forward and I cannot think of a better guest to have to help us celebrate episode 40 end of season one of chaotic harmony than melissa salguero who was the 2018 mu- uh, <laughs> grammy music educator award recipient and we are so happy to have you here melissa well thank, thank you for being so here. so much for having me um this is really special so thank you Oh, we are thrilled. Um, I So I'm just going to say this uh, for the entire university here. But when, when I was going through the Grammy process earlier this year and looking up videos and stuff, um, I was like, what have people done in the past? And I found your stuff and I watched your video. And so when I finally got to talk to Melissa for the first time on the phone, I was like, I don't want to be weird. But when I first saw your video, I was like, we're going to be friends. <laughs> I'm going to find her and befriend her. Oh,
2: that's so funny.
1: Yeah, that video
2: um it was actually like the fourth time that um i was nominated for um the grammy and you know i my other videos before that were kind of like just interviewing my students and kind of just interviewing my principal and i I was just finally like you know what like i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna go Mm -hmm. and do a hamilton rap and Put
1: my own lyrics to it, so if
3: you it haven't awesome. seen it,
2: I'm sure you can it's find so it on cool. YouTube.
1: We can link um, to it uh, in the in the description of the podcast so that people can go find it. Because awesome. if you yeah, haven't I seen think it, it really, you need to watch. It, it.
2: speaks to my personality uh, and uh, my teaching <laughs> style, so you can understand why my kids think I'm crazy, but in a good way.
1: <laughs> and they love you for it, right? Yeah. And I <laughs> think so. So much of being a music educator is just about being your authentic, vulnerable self, and inviting them to be their core authentic, vulnerable selves and, and just celebrate each other's weirdness. And that's what makes music a safe place for everybody. So I love it. So thank yeah. you for being here.
4: Yes. Oh, thank Zoe. you. Yeah. Well, I, I got to m- meet Melissa, uh, through the Save the Music, like, uh, Professional development online, and um, Melissa, you did like an awesome presentation on social media. So like, I feel like I've gotten to know you through your YouTube videos, also. <laughs> yeah. um, but for like people that have never interacted with you, like, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and like where you came from, how you got to where you are today? All right, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give you like the
2: as short as I can, but more <laughs> as concise <laughs> as I can, because I mean. Uh, it's it's quite it's a lot actually um Mm -hmm. i went to school down in florida university of south florida so go bulls um you know um when i graduated i i taught um middle school band for a year then i moved to new york could not find a job and i would i mean in florida it was like you would go to the school with your resume and you would ask for an interview and, and you would kind of Go there in person, and in New York, I learned very quickly that is not how you do it. In fact, uh, people looked at me like I was crazy. I literally, I was, I lived in Harlem, and I was like walking from school to school, and people were like, "No, you can't see the principal. Are you kidding me?" Uh, go online; it's all online. And so that was like my first, like, "Uh oh." <laughs> so. Um, I, I found a job with this organization called Education Through Music. Um, they placed me at my school, PS Forty Eight, which is located in the South Bronx, um, and I've been there ever since. <clears throat> and uh, we started a band. Uh, we got some grants from Save the Music Foundation, also Give a Note um, Foundation. Like my whole program has built been built off of. Um, people helping and, and grants and fundraisers and even music video contest, (laughs) believe it or not. Um, so that's kind of how I got there, but there have been so many challenges and walls placed on my journey and, and with my students journey there too. Um, back in 2012, uh, 2013, that school year, uh, I got back from spring break and this was literally after we had gotten $50,000 to start a band program. We got all the instruments and, uh, we got back from spring break and something was wrong. Cause my door was unlocked. I, I opened the room and I see all, everything is just a total mess in the room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my desk is, is flipped upside down. Everything's out of the drawers. I look over to the instrument shelves and gone, uh, mm. in, just empty cases too. And drum heads, like someone had just punched it, just destruction everywhere. Um, and like, honestly, I did not know how to move forward from that. I didn't know, you know, like how was I going to face these kids that day and have music class as normal or, you know, and it, it I, I I just remember like sitting there just like crying and, and saying like, how could, like, we don't have anything here right now. Like we have nothing, like, how could this happen to us? And, um, it it really made me want to give up. Like, not like, not in a sense of like, Oh, that's it. But like, when you feel like you have no hope and there's nothing else for you to do, like, what do you do? Where do you go? Who do you reach out for help? And, um, I was like, after school that same day, my students, uh, my chorus students came to me with lyrics that they had written. And it was one of the most inspired I I could not run to the piano fast enough to put some notes behind it. And Mm -hmm. we ended up just setting up uh, a camera. This is like, you know, I I don't even think I recorded anything on my cell phone, like, because I don't have any pictures or anything like that. So it was like a time where we didn't wasn't like the thing to do, like to get your cell phone out. a so I I set up my, my camera and I said, guys, just sing. And I played, we posted it online and like it, it just spread around because the lyrics were so uplifting. And literally these kids were not mad at the people who broke in. They were like, they they said things like, well, maybe they needed it more than we did. Maybe, you know, like, we're going to recover from this. We're uh, One of the lyrics is, we will rise from the ashes. So that really resonated with a lot of people. And it got into the hands of Ellen, the generous, and the next thing I know I'm flying out to California and she's, you know, I'm sitting on the couch on the show and I'm like, <laughs> my stomach's in knots. And I'm like literally talking to one of like, uh, my icons, you know, like I never thought I would get to speak to her and tell her, you know, you know, her, her motto is like, be kind, you know, be kind mm-hmm. to everybody. So that was one of, I mean, that's an insane journey. And that's only like, <laughs> that's not even all mm-hmm. of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that it taught me the most is like, we have to persevere. And sometimes it's okay for us to have that feeling like we want to give up. But if we look at our students, like they're the ones who pushed me to keep on going and they taught me not to give up in that situation. And, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, not only cause you know, of, of, getting to go and meet Ellen and be on the show and things like that. But because of the, the grit that it taught me to have, like it, Mm -hmm. it hardened me up, I guess you could say to endure more and push harder and fight harder for my students. Um, so after that, we just kept rebuilding and, um, you know, there's been a few things like uh, the Grammys that have happened, but um, uh, yeah, that small I, thing, I, really, really small. <laughs> no you know. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want this podcast to me to sound like me like bragging about all my things, but uh, you know, you have to tell people or else they don't know mm-hmm. about who you are. So um, yeah, so the, there was the Grammy Music Educator Award and. I think the thing that I loved about that process was hearing my students feedback about, you know, I I would set up the camera for them and I'd say, okay, finish this sentence. The thing I love about music is, and then they just came up with these inspirational, like, I'm like, man, really? You feel that way? Because you don't pay attention in music class. <laughs> I can't get you to sing. <laughs> and, you know, you, you have those kids that you don't know how you're impacting. So like, if mm-hmm. anybody like who's watching this wants to like, apply for the Grammy Music Educator Award, I highly suggest that you go through that process because it was uh, a learning experience for me and it really helped show me that, yeah, the, the kids are really getting the lessons that I'm teaching them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I've, I've been so fortunate to be able to travel and bring those experiences back to my students. I, I think it's so important as educators that we take our, if you, if you, if you will, our, our privilege, because, you know, we sometimes get to have, um, you know, I don't think any of my students are going to go to Dubai in the next, you know, few years. And if they are, I, I, I'm going to tell them where to go, what kind of candy to eat, and you know, I even brought them back little dates and and sand from the deserts because I want them to to not just see it as oh, Miss Salguero's in Dubai right now. And she has a chance to win a million dollars. No, I don't want them to see that. I want them to see is Miss Salguero is representing the Hunts Point community, PS48, and students just like us on the world stage. And she's advocating for us. And she is pushing for us because she thinks that music is a right of every single student. And um, I'm going to be very honest with you guys and very authentic is uh, not everybody was happy about Mm -hmm. these accolades and, and there's a very, um, I think this unspoken thing that happens when teachers get recognized and whether it's jealousy or what, it doesn't matter. It's, um, they, it can be seen as a selfish act and, Mm -hmm. um, You know, I'm not sure if any of you guys have experienced that, um, but certainly I have experienced quite a lot of that literally like actually like hate emails like I don't I don't understand, Mm -hmm. but it does happen. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to acknowledge that and listen to what people are saying if they're criticizing you, but also don't put your heart there. Because as an educator, we know who we are, we know what we're doing is important, and we know our mission in life. We all had to write music education philosophies at one point, right? right? You know,
1: sometimes right. we... Right, and they have, they have changed and evolved, hopefully. Every single year.
2: <laughs> over every time. Every single yes. year. So, yes. yeah, I, I wanted to take a beat to talk about that. I don't Have you guys ever uh, experienced anything like that?
1: Well, I, you said so much in there and I'd Sorry. like to, no, <laughs> please do it's not apologize. Stuff. Yeah. I, amazing really story. good stuff. I, I, would, I would be remiss if I did not backtrack for a minute though and say, I, I am glad that you are telling our listeners who you are and how you have been recognized. We have an ethos within our community of music teachers in Chula Vista um, that we buy into extremely strongly that when one of us rises, we all Rise, And um, we believe wholeheartedly in celebrating each other. And I'm very grateful for this group of people that are on this podcast and the wider Chula Vista Elementary School District community. And we celebrate you and we are proud of you for taking music education and putting it um, in, in the hands of kids who would not otherwise receive it if they didn't have you in their lives, and for advocating for all of us on a wider stage, on a worldwide stage. So you go, girl. <laughs> we yeah. are so thankful for you. Oh, yeah. um, yes. And people need to know who you are and what you've done. So yes, we believe in your voice and we're here with you. Um, so I have to say that. And uh, and yes to opening up our children's worlds. Um, you know, I... I love to travel and I always bring back an instrument for the kids and there's a special shelf in the music room. And if they it's kind of an incentive thing for the little kids um, where, you know, usually if things are getting out of control, right, like um, there's there's always that, you know, Delilah sitting perfectly, you know, and I'll be like, Delilah sitting so nicely. I'm going to give you my special (laughs) shaker that I brought back from Indonesia, and it's only for you, because I know I can trust you, <laughs> you know, so. But, you know, they get to touch a little something from a part of the world that might they might not know anything about, But now they can dream a little bigger, and it's it's our responsibility to collect songs and items and stories and open their worlds up that way. I have the most fabulous art teacher who got to participate in this thing this year, where the kids um, made artwork um, that said peace in like forty seven different languages, and um, she went to Rome to hang it on the Colosseum and took pictures. And so my kids art has been displayed in Rome and that they're just dreaming big dreams now. And, you know, they might not have. We we're all in this in a similar boat. Um, You know, we all teach title one kids, at least um, part of our populations. Um, And so, you know, it's important to say, like, it's not just me. I'm advocating for you on the world stage, but also you can get on a plane and go there too someday if that's what you want to do and help them dream. So, yeah, (laughs) and sure, there's always negative voices. There are always colleagues who don't understand. Um, I think it's really important, and, and you seem to do this well, um, to plug into other teachers who are big dreamers and big doers and, and have, have that to. focus. You, you do. You have to,
2: and, and you know what? Not everyone's, not, not everyone's going to understand that, that mm-hmm. a person could genuinely just want to make or lift you up and lift, and, and lift the profession up. Not everybody understands that. And it's not that they're bad or they're good. It's just that it's a different type of empathy type of showing, you know, like it's, it's different. And certainly, you know, I don't think that we are all born with the ability to uh, recognize other people and, and, and be, how can I help? Because I think, in, in very much a sense, some teachers are in survival and they're trying to mm-hmm. just survive. And I've been there too. I'm I'm mm-hmm. there right now with distance learning. Hello, yes, it's very 100%. difficult. Like, oh my gosh, um, it is. It is something that uh, mm-hmm. is practiced and is almost like a mantra, I would guess. You know, it's mm-hmm. something like because what you put out is going to come back you know, the time that I spent a quick little story is when this all started happening, uh, back in March and we went online, we had staff members at my school who, uh, would reply on an email with the body in the subject line and, or, or just with a blank or, or not even know how to access the email. So we had some very big, tech disparities. We had some people who literally could build websites and then we were dealing with message in the subject line. And I spent the time, I literally, I was like an it department. I was on the phone. Like mm. I literally, I, I was like yep. on Google meet with my cell phone in my ear like this, <laughs> with my <iPad. laughs> like I was doing everything that I could not only to help them, but also to show them how to get like where to find those answers. And like, I could have been a jerk and been like, listen, if you go to Google and then you type in your question, like you might find the answer.
3: Google that
2: for you. Right, right. (laughs) I'm going to just start sending Google search results. No, no, no. But if you take the time and you It's tempting sometimes. (laughs) I've been there. Yeah. (laughs) no. Recently. And and, and some days I'm going to tell you I didn't have the patience to – Yeah, sit there for an hour and and help someone log in. And I I really did force myself and I said, you know what, take a breath, talk slower. (laughs) And it reminds mm-hmm. me of like these moments in the classroom of like frustration of like mm-hmm. when your lesson's not quite going the way you want it to be, or you have a kind of like a disrespectful situation, interaction. I know we've all had those situations. We all have good days and bad days. And, um, that I, I think, um, I mean, I <laughs> This whole online learning has actually taken all the, all those interactions out, and I'm like scared mm-hmm. about that because I want to hear from my kids who are are right now. It's the radio silence. I'm I'm scared. I know. I, I, yeah, you know,
1: and they got to work through some big stuff right now. Oh yeah, uh, with yeah. Th- everything that's happening with Black Lives Matter, uh, mm-hmm. this
2: is a time that our students need us the most, and yep. I've seen a lot of. Whenever something political happens, I've seen a lot of teachers kind of restrain themselves and kind mm-hmm. of play the middle, you know, well, you know, this or this. Well, well you know what, like our students are seeing that, too, our, mm-hmm. our students and mm-hmm. the demographic of my students are 75 percent Hispanic And white is like 1% of my school and I'm Hispanic myself. And I think it's so important for my students to see me advocate for the Black Lives Matter movement and for them to see what kind of things am I doing to help get their message across. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we were in the classroom, it's almost like this topic that you don't talk about. You don't talk about no. political things, and I think for teachers to be culturally relevant, we must we must tackle those topics. When Australia was on fire, we were singing about kookaburras, we were doing warm up, you know, like we were mm-hmm. talking about that and how we could help. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess I I don't know. Do you guys have experience with um, ever being in a situation where you know you well, or even now, where you have to take a stand or maybe you didn't feel like you had to
1: I don't know what I'm trying to ask, but you know have I, you ever felt like that I yeah, I do yes. and I think we all have Jonathan has a has one yeah, well, I think
0: a couple things like first off, uh I struggle with that very thing that i I come from a tradition where the classics are the classics because they have lasted the lost the generations, whatnot, but like and that's important to focus on that, but in the same sense. Our kids are struggling with today. How can I help them today? And I'm still not sure where I land exactly. Should I teach, you know, should I lean more towards a class or lean towards stuff that's more modern and relevant? Um, I remember personally uh, as a school that is close to the border, not nearly as close as some of you guys, but um, when President Trump was elected, uh, came into class and some students that, I was their first teacher that they saw. And I just opened up the conversation and whatnot. And it's not music, but it's opening up to the kids. You're not teaching. Go back, it goes back down to you aren't teaching music, you're teaching kids. And mm-hmm. allowing space for that conversation to come up. It was uncomfortable for everyone, but at least allowed them to evoke what was on their minds and hearts.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, so important. We, we teach the whole child.
2: Yep. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. We, we I, all I, teach on the border. Um, and so we've had. I know I've had a number of kids with family members and even themselves who did, uh, who were in detention centers, um, and experienced the child separation um, that was going on. And uh, so we, yeah, there are things that make us extremely uncomfortable. Um, that can be explosive topics. Even being a safe space for LGBTQ kids, you know, I've got the Absolutely. sign in my room. Um, you know, just like this is a safe place, and just. Like letting them know that you're a safe teacher. And if a, a kid, you know, asks you to use certain pronouns or even a different name, um, I will be the teacher who 100% does that, of course. But that can be controversial uh, for their families. Um, that was an issue know. for me. I, I I
2: remember because my first year teaching, you know, I, I was married to a woman and I had a wedding ring and my students would ask me about my husband and I, I'm... And admit it, like I was too scared to say, actually, it, um, yeah, I was uncomfortable. I, I you know, mm-hmm. it really, it really was, I was, because I had grown up with the, the feeling of like, this is bad. I need to hide who I am. I, I cannot let anybody see this. I didn't feel like I had support there. I was just there for a year and, you know, Did students probably figure it out? Yes. Did I ever come out and tell them? No. Now, when I think about that, I think about, like, I missed an opportunity for them to see who I was and that, hey, it's all right. It's okay to be gay. It's all right. You know, now if my student asks, I I literally uh, had um, some students in the previous year who, you know, they just... They were feeling disconnected. They didn't understand how they were feeling about themselves. And they came to me and, and, and we talked with, about it. And, and, you know, it was like a beautiful moment because it was like the person I never had growing up and like now, like pass, not passing the torch. I'm not like making a, you know, a, no, it was like a moment where it was, it was, it was beautiful because I, I told them it, you're. You're who you are, and that's who you should always be. There's no mistake. And I was that support for them. And I mm-hmm. wish that, you know, I was brave enough to do that my first year teaching. But I, w- I was scared. And mm-hmm. when Black Lives Matter, uh, what, was it like three years ago? Four years ago? Four years ago, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I was very scared to, you know say it i was scared to Mm -hmm. address it in in, when we talked about Mm -hmm. i always do um uh protest songs i always do uh american history through music and when we get to civil rights i was always like well um like that and that feeling of just being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. finally in the last few years it's it's been like okay this is what's happened this is why Mm -hmm. um this is terrible and I will, I will flat out, you know, relate it to things that are happening today. And I think that makes it so that the students see music transcends all. Like, you can listen to those protest songs today and put it with footage of things that are happening today. And it's... hundred percent. It, it looks like it fits. And yep. we we talk a lot about... This was... This this year was actually the first year that I went further into um civil rights than I had ever gone with my students and they I got so much feedback from them that they absolutely they're like I'm so glad that you did this. We we mm-hmm. even talked about um issues with Photoshop and and deep fakes if you will. These types mm-hmm. of issues Good that need you. to be added to the curriculum, you know, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, if, if people are Photoshopping freckles out or making skin lighter, mm-hmm. what's beautiful and who gets to decide what's beautiful. And these are things, we're talking about a music class. Okay. We're talking yeah. about this in music yeah. class and it's all the, the arts. It's all connected. It, it really is. And, um, I, I, sometimes I think like my, my earlier teacher self was Mm -hmm. so committed to, okay, here's what, where I should be on the pacing calendar. Here's how, if I don't get to the end of this lesson, it's going to push back my assessment. And I was so worried about that. And I don't, I don't worry about that anymore. I worry about teaching the concepts. And if my students want to go take a pit stop on this topic, we're going to go there. We're going to talk about it. And, um, it's not easy and you have to be okay with saying like, I don't know, let's look that up or let me do some research and next week I'll plan a lesson about this. Um there's been plenty of times that I didn't know the answers. In fact I I don't know a lot of answers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, Melissa, I really appreciate that. Um I just for me I'm and yeah. I'm finishing my fifth year of teaching and you know in one sense, I'm feeling old. The yeah, second sense, I'm feeling super young. And so, like, you know, <laughs> just wrestling with all that. But it's funny, as I look back on the stuff that I've taught, I've found, like, I feel like, especially as I talk with you, like, I focus maybe some, too much on the facts as opposed to the truth, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. I feel like some of the best lessons I've taught were, first off, improvisatory, based off what the kids wanted to hear, well, wanted Same. to talk about. Uh, I remember one time, like, actually, my first year teaching um, I it was so hard to connect with this group of kids. It's really hard. First off, because I was a first year teacher, but secondly, because they were really difficult to work with. Um, and I decided to just teach the focus on something I haven't done since. But like history of rap, and we went into the um, the, the I forget what year the, the blackout of sixty. Someone correct me in, in the comments below. But yeah, it's like I, I don't know. It's, it, it, it was just this conversation of what is rioting uh, go towards how that affected the the world of hip hop. And it's, I look back and realize I've been focusing so much on just trying to, as you were mentioning, hit the concepts, hit the the standards, but really the lasting impacts are when I have had the courage to talk about uh, the more uncomfortable things, Um, be it my topics of faith or be it topics of uh, just injustices and I don't know. After this chat, I kind of want to lean more towards the areas of fear, just or the areas that, yeah, these uncertain topics. Yeah.
2: Well, if they don't, if they don't hear it from you, right, or if they don't hear it uh, from the history books or at home, they're gonna they're gonna learn it somewhere, right? And you know, you can. I think for me tackling civil rights with fourth graders right like all the way from like the american revolution civil rights going through that that's there are some images that are really scary for well at first for me like okay do i really want to show them these images and to find the right fit because you're at the end of the day you're a professional, you know what's appropriate for your grade and what you're, what's appropriate for your class. But it, it is scary because there's always like this feeling of like, oh gosh, is this too much or is this not going to get the point across? Because if you talk about the Freedom Riders and you don't show that Greyhound on fire, mm. like they're not going to get it. If you talk yeah. about Selma, the March on Selma and you don't show the moment where they're face to face identical to what's happening today Mm -hmm. and you don't show them that and make the 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 correlation i I remember um i I literally remember this year we talked about selma and marching across the bridge and i put side by side a picture of the hong kong protest with a line of officers and the um the protesters and the students are making the connection they're like well what are they fighting Mm -hmm. for in hong kong And that sparked the discussion, you know, that is relevant to what they're doing today. And it's also teaching them when you see something, ask questions about it, learn about it. Don't just take something for face value because I could have told them it was some other country or if it was New York, I, you know, (laughs) the thing is that they, it sparks in them like this curiosity to know more. And I think that is so valuable Uh, in today's age because there's Mm -hmm. so much misinformation there's oh there's so much out there that's that could be um destructive because um i found that my students in the beginning they literally believe everything is it, they? They either believe everything is real or everything is fake, which is yeah. weird. <laughs> and very there's black there's and no white in between. I know that sounds weird, but yes. <laughs> it's,
3: no, it makes sense. No, it's, like, that's them. how kids
2: are built. Yeah. For for them, it's yeah. like uh, there was a, a couple years ago. There was a video um, where this guy was playing. Um, a record with a needle and a piece of paper. And I was like, look at this the guys. This is so cool. And they're like, that's so fake. Miss Salgaro, that's fake. And I was like, are you kidding me? I when I got to, and I literally did it in front of them. Oh, it's, I got to send you this clip. I got to send you this yeah. clip because I caught it on camera and like ever since then I like always film like when I know I'm gonna get these reactions I always film them but this kid Beth maybe you can play it in the podcast but uh, it's me turning the rec- uh, a record on a um, a mallet a glockenspiel ma- mallet mm-hmm. right <laughs> and with a needle on a piece of paper shaped like a cone and then I'm slowly moving it and then you see his, his kid's face he's like you hear the record and he goes oh like that and it's <gasps> like so cool. it's the spark it's like such a great movement or moment and um mm-hmm. that's when i started i like i started doing a lot of science experiments in my music class as well mm-hmm. and um so <laughs> bringing that fake video to life and like almost proving <laughs> those I moments got, of you discovery know, i proved you wrong <laughs> yeah no oh, it was Yes, I got you. Kids yeah. hate being
1: tricked too, so they never forget it.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, and and it yeah it, it also got them to ask. Well, like, why why'd mm-hmm. you call it a gramophone? Well, then okay, then look here. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, is that why it's called mm-hmm. the Grammys? Is that like this and that? it makes sense
1: now. It makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, make those connections. And kids don't make those connections on their own. Like um, even when we're teaching our English learners, we have to we have to like spell out what cognates are. You know, they don't they don't get that on their own. Um, So like just learning those things. And I think that's why. Um, when we're talking about these big abstract concepts it's so powerful when we as music educators can put it in their little bodies and their hearts with music because it sticks like when we had the year that we re- where things were really blowing up with the border wall um you know all of those prototypes were in Otay mesa um like two miles away from my school um and uh, like that that's all here and uh i had um a fifth grade class, we did a little community circle. And they, a lot of the kids were just very fearful. Um, and so we talked through that. And I, ta- I started teaching them that day Woody Guthrie's This Land is Your Land. Um, oh, oh. And I just, and we, we taught it to the entire school. All the school.
2: verses, though. All the
1: verses? All the verses. Thank you. The last one, especially. Yes. Yes. A lot of people don't know.
2: No, the, I didn't mm-hmm. know the like last
0: seven years ago. Oh. There's an amazing
2: mm-hmm. book. Amazing book. This line is mm-hmm. your line and it's illustrated so beautifully. It goes right with the song. I'll never forget when I first learned the other mm-hmm. verses of that song. Mm-hmm. I was like, Well mm-hmm. wait a minute. Like I thought oh, this was a I, yes. I thought yep. this was a patriotic song. Well, no, it is. I mean it's like It is, but
1: it's a protest song. It right. absolutely, absolutely. I, I just get great pleasure in having all 400 of my kids lined up on our playground, you know, after we've done the Pledge of Allegiance, all singing at the top of their lungs, uh, this land was made for you and me, yes. and we've got a view of both San Diego and Mexico on the other side. Um, you know, like, we, nice. we really do, what we do is it has such great social impact, and and um, and we and I really resonate with what you're saying about the journey to becoming more more comfortable in that role um, because I started my teaching career in an all-white, almost all-white school, um, and it's a very different demographic. So, February would roll around, Black History Month, and um, I knew that I should be covering certain topics, but uh, almost all the teachers shied away from it. And yeah. so, um, here I was. It's I have the chapter in my book, and I'm like, well, should I cover this? Nobody else talks about slavery, and nobody else talks about civil rights, and but it's here, so maybe I should. And so, I kind of tentatively like dipped my toe in the water, and then the next year we had two black kids join and the racism that they faced and it was almost never face-to-face um at the school but there was a huge bullying incident on instagram with that eighth grade class and it broke my heart and threats were made against them and um I, from that year on i was just like no more no more and it's not just february um we need to be you know talking why? Because about
2: because w- when you educate that. when you educate the students you, you know mm, this is like oh i i'm i get fired up about this too so <laughs> sorry we all should, have you guys yeah. heard of jane elliott I
0: apologize have you no, heard of jane, tell Elliot. us about
2: jane elliott jane elliott is uh, she was a teacher and she taught in a very white town very small town and uh she did this uh experiment with her students and this experiment could not uh be done today we would definitely oh, the
1: blue eye brown yes so experiment. she divided her okay. class
2: uh into brown eyes and blue eyes and uh i i just <laughs> she would say she said okay uh the blue-eyed people are way smarter than the brown-eyed people And the brown-eyed people will have to uh, stay inside for 10 minutes during recess while the blue-eyed people get to go. So she made it systematically. She designed her classroom in a way that the brown-eyed people felt oppressed. They felt their power was taken away from them. And the blue-eyed people were riding on top of it. They were getting all the privileges. They were getting, I mean, watching it and hearing her speak. It is so incredible like just it 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 made me teach in a different way Mm -hmm. seeing her speak about the topic because i mean for me like sometimes it feels like oh i i appear very white i'm hispanic but like you look at me and you would say oh that white girl's teaching in what people would say oh the hood right like that i've heard Mm -hmm. that so many times and i Mm -hmm. i hate it every single time. I say, I teach in Hunts Point and it's the best neighborhood in the Bronx. We got mm-hmm. singers, artists, we got future police officers, we got future doctors. You know, that's what, how I talk about my students. But back to Jane Elliott. Sorry, Side, sidebar. <laughs> no, wait.
4: I, I Can we pause on the sidebar though? Because sure. Because I, I love how you talk about your identity and when i searched you on youtube <laughs> um <laughs> i one of the first things that i saw was a interview or a segment on you on a uh, spanish-speaking television network and i immediately felt a connection with you because my husband's family he's from cuba he grew up in miami yeah. um and i was like like I, this person feels like she's family, you know, oh. and <laughs> like, I am really like interested to hear how you, cause you've talked about curiosity and you've talked about identity and I'm like, how you got from that, like hesitancy to being confident and speaking your voice, speaking your truth. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's, how do you get it, into that? Oh, God
2: you know, like maybe I could teach a course on, no, I can't, I can't, I don't know. Please do, please do, I will (laughs) enroll. I I don't know what the answer is, and I think for everybody it's different, honestly, and because we're all at different points in our life, you know, I I have such, okay, going back to the Grammys, I remember being so nervous about thanking my partner in my speech. Like, I was like, oh my God, should I say girlfriend? Should I say partner? Oh my God, oh my God. Are they, are they going to put the camera on you? I don't know. Do you want that? Is that okay? Oh my God, my students going to watch All those thoughts came in my head. And you know what? Like, when I was up on the stage and I was like, and my partner Tess... I love you like that was such a liberating moment for me because i knew that my kids are going to watch that speech i knew that they were going to see me being myself and I, i i i took a leap of faith really in that moment and when i went to dubai things were quite different actually because of the way uh the gay community is kind of viewed in in Dubai it's kind of like oh, you're not you're not going to thank your partner if you win you know that that's kind of like the feeling that i got like you could say test but you're not going to say girlfriend that sort of thing and the pressure of that was immense because i felt like i was lying to myself i felt like i was not i was like of course i want to say my my girlfriend but i i can't oh my gosh and but if i if i accept this you know, like, it was like inner turmoil. I literally like I, I don't think I slept the whole time I was in Dubai, because I was so nervous about, well, many things, but what that was one of them. Um, so I think it's definitely situational, you know, because yeah, that was sure. after the Grammys. But surely, I think for each of us, we have, it's not like we all have a secret that we need to like announce to the world. It just so happened to be that for me. And it was very liberating to be able to be on national television and say, "My girlfriend Tess, you know, thank you, I love you. That was really special, and you know, I have that moment forever. And my students saw me being myself, and that was so so important.
1: Well, and when I think about the danger that so many of our kids are in, um, who are closeted and don't know who to tell, I'm I can't getting bullied. But think, getting bullied, but, but I. I think you probably saved some lives by your bravery, you know you know um, um, the, i mean'm that's st- incredible I'm not gonna say
2: the word, but you know what I mean when I say like saying the f word right like mm-hmm. I hear that thrown around school all the time, and i oh like in my class, I hear oh you're gay i i I make it a point to stop and say and have a conversation not only with that student, but also like not to make an example out of that student, not because like, I'm going to embarrass them for, for saying that, no, I'm going to take this opportunity and educate them and, and, Mm -hmm. and make them realize that the word gay is not, um, an insult. It's not something that Mm -hmm. you should, you know? So when I asked them, I was like, what, what exactly do you mean when you say that, you know, oh, you're being gay. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, they're being stupid. Um, did you know that gay actually means happy and also it's a it's a word to use to describe somebody so it you're not using it in the way you think you're using it oh no but it means stupid so what if i said your name right whatever your name is let's say joe right um let's say oh stop being joe stop acting like joe you're being so joe and and they kind of get it you know they and and they know that i will always stand up for it and i think they they see me standing up for it and then i feel like every time i do they get more courage to stand up to other people because like there's mm-hmm. kind of like this bystander effect where like
3: mm-hmm.
2: if there's a um if if there's someone getting picked on you know oh i don't want to be the first to Step in and stop that because you know what they might attack me next, and I don't want to be next. There's kind, of, there's this fear of like standing up, right? Because I feel like oh maybe I'll get attacked next. But the more that the students see us standing up for that, they understand. Like we, our kids use the N word, and I stop that right away. And you know we could have a whole debate on this. Like oh it's uh, you know people say oh, it's our word, we're reclaiming it, but they're using it in a derogatory way and they have to be educated about what that word meant. When you're saying this to somebody, it's not a nice thing and and you're actually trying to take power over somebody else. You know, uh, I think the conversation needs to be with with teachers is what can we do not only to advocate for our students, uh, our students of color... But what can we do to prevent any sort of systematic racism in our schools moving forward? What can we make sure is included in the curriculum and that we don't skip and that gets the time that it needs, you know, and this could be as, as something as big as a whole systematic change, or it could be as little as the rules that you have in your classroom, because, you heard of these like zero tolerance discipline policies, right? No room for empathy. That's so harmful for our students, you know? Yes. It's so harmful. And I, I'll never forget, like I grew up with the band director that would like give me detention for chewing gum. Right. And like, there was no exception. If you were chewing gum, that was it, you know? And I really would have loved some, humanity or something, some (laughs) empathy, you know, and and gum is a little thing like that's just so little, but you know, those are the little things that we can be doing in our classroom because when, when, when we're disciplining our students, it's not a power thing. It's not a respect thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of teachers are thinking that, Oh, If you respect me, and this is how my kids think, too. Like, if you respect me, I'll respect you. But you got to do it first. Okay, you're doing it first, because I'm not going to do it first. I've been guilty of that mentality, especially when I I was younger. But if you draw a circle, like, here, let me get my high-tech, high-tech graphics. Oh, I almost dropped
4: it. Does this pen work? (laughs) Okay. Also, I... I loved it in one of your videos where you you were playing your recorder and then you dropped it. I <laughs> laughed so hard because that is constantly me in a classroom. I'm like, oh, I got this lesson. Drops everything. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> or how about when I went. <laughs> <laughs> That's my desk too. Yes.
2: Okay. Uh. Okay, did I spell everything right? Respect. Okay. Well, Mark
4: will spell check it.
2: All right. Well, you can't. You I, probably can't I even can't read, read it. it. You can't can't it. even read it. Okay. So this yeah, is like. Yeah, can. It's right. right. It's, it's right. This is a circle, right? Mm-hmm. So where do you start? You respect right. me, or I, where do you start? And I show this to my mm-hmm. kids, like in in my first like first lessons of the day, you know, of the week, you know, no. Of the year. (laughs) Year. Yeah,
4: I got you. I've been on (laughs) Zoom too much,
2: okay? So like, and then they're like, well, of course, it starts with you first, right? So the, oh, me? Can you make me respect you? And they go, well, no. I was like, can you make me give you $5 out of my wallet right now? Or sometimes I'll do an example where I'm sitting down and I'll say, can you make me get up? what what okay what you know your kids right you know you what would your kids try because my kids have tried a lot of things but if i asked your classes or even if i asked you guys right now what would you do to try and make me get up
1: well yeah my kids would probably start pulling on me or pulling yes that's happened to me yes I, I have some smart Alex. so I'd be seriously afraid that someone would run into the hallway and pull the fire alarm if I Okay, that hasn't happened, happened to around. me yet. Uh, I had one kid
5: try to run out, so no me. kid gets an idea.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> one kid was like... I'm afraid of this activity. <laughs> no. Okay, so actually, it's quite a fun activity, but uh, one kid mm-hmm. actually was like, Oh, Miss Alguero. He just, he just hit me. Can you come over here? Like, trying to, like, (laughs) trick me. Another Mm -hmm. kid tried to bribe me. But at the end of the day, like, none of them, I I haven't had a student yet, okay, say, Miss Alguero, can you get up, please? Oh. And you know what? Like, if that ever happens, the lesson would go in a different direction, right? But I bring that point up to them, like, say, no one ever asked me nicely, right? But then... I do the experiment again and then they ask me nicely and I say no. And they go, "What? <laughs> what? You told me that was the I said, "No, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like getting up." And through that like kind of role play activity, right? In music class, they learn that they can't control other people. Like I have zero control whether or not you guys respect me. Or my students respect me or the guy that walking down the street respects me or the traffic that I have to sit in and someone cuts me. Out. I can't control that at all. And it's so easy to say that, right? Because I'm sure we've all heard that. Like, Can you only control what your actions, right? Just worry about yourself. <laughs> that is one of the hardest thing for my students to, to do is like worry about themselves. And so with this activity, learning that like, I don't have any control whether or not you respect me. As soon as I accepted that as a teacher, my whole teaching game changed because Mm -hmm. I feel like I used to get in so many power struggles with the kids. I used to, yes, I was a screaming teacher. I admit it. You know, I'm in the recovery group. I think group. we
6: all were. <laughs>
3: exactly. like, uh-huh. You know, so you're you know not what alone. That, yeah. in that. That,
2: that that's like a no. band aid on on a giant gash, right? Like, yeah. it does get them to be quiet. It does work. It. F- Gets some fear you know really scared of what's the consequence gonna be yeah unless your screaming voice is like guys you better be quiet right now have you been the- in my
5: classroom melissa
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes this whole podcast is for you <laughs> no no um but we've all been there and the moment mm-hmm. that you know a kid mouths off to me there's like two responses that there's a there's the fear response of I'm scared that this kid is going to take over my music class. The other kids, tell me you've been here. The other kids are going to see mm. this one kid disrespecting me. Oh my God. I can't mm. let that happen. I can't let, I can't show them that I'm weak. Okay. And then the other uh, response is out of love. And the love response is, is like, um, all right, Miss So uh, let's say somebody goes out of line and says, Oh, Mr. You look really ugly today.
6: Okay.
2: <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, I'm not the, the brightest, you know, shining, you know, most beautiful model in the world. Um, you know, that's fine. And the moment that you accept like a criticism or something that they say, that's mean meant to hurt you. The game kind of changes because they learn, um, uh, to build a trusting relationship with you. And, uh, I think it's important for teachers to to think about classroom management, not as a power or you must respect your teacher. It's respect is definitely earned. But Mm. what nobody tells you about that is no matter how much respect you give to somebody, they don't have to give it back. Um, I teach them that, I don't have to respect them just because they're being respectful to me. I'm going to respect you because I'm a respectful person. Then their, their whole outlook on that changes. They, they realize it's my character. It's not, you know, that sense of integrity. Like I'm going to follow the rules because I'm a person of character, not because I don't want to get caught and, and face the consequences. And I feel like that sort of, um, classroom management is so important, but it's not something that's like, it's not something you can learn in like year one of teaching, you know, you know, you got to catch it because I mean, how many times has a kid Mm -hmm. just said something to you and you're just like, Oh, I could destroy you right now. Like, "Mm," just, you know, like Mm. we've all had to take a breath and many frustrating moments and they still happen, but it takes practice. Yeah. It's something that's like, the more you do it, the easier it gets. So by role-playing certain situations, there's a really, really phenomenal um, speaker for kids about bullying. Um, and he plays this game called the Golden Rule Game. I just realized, we've never finished about Jane Elliott, but if, you're, like, you're, if your track. listeners, <laughs> listen, I, I, if your listeners go and and watch her documentary and watch how she talks about white privilege. It it will make you a better teacher. It will make you more Mm -hmm. aware of issues and, and what it feels like. Well, not what it feels like, but a glimpse of what the, uh, what people of color have to deal with and sort of things that you never even think about. So, let me go. Yeah, I'll go back now to the other one. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the, um,
4: <laughs> Thank you. His
2: name is Brooks Gibbs, and he is a, a speaker. And um, he plays this game called the golden rule game. And so what it is, it's a little game where no matter how mean you are, to me, I'm going to just respond with compliments to you. And so when we're talking about a bullying situation, a a kid would probably say something like, oh, you're so weak. You know, you can't do something. You're ugly. Or look at you, you got things in your teeth. And his examples are really funny because he responds out of love. And so so someone says, "Oh, you're so fat, Miss Solger." I will, I will play this game with them, and I will let them call me fat. Okay, I, whatever. But they learn it. Okay, so they're a little unsure at first. They're like, "You sure? You want me? To call, you want me to call you stupid, Miss Solger?" I'm like, "Yes, please." And so the first time, there's two ways to play the game, right? The first one is like, "Okay, you guys here, raise your hand if you like winning games. Anybody?" Yeah you guys okay okay no mark does not like to win games so no Uh, (laughs) i am very
5: much a loser
2: (laughs) so you get them in the mindset that this is a game and you get them in the mindset of like if you're not a winner what are you you're a loser okay you don't want to be a loser here we go if you want to win you're going to keep making fun of me and i'm going to try to get you to stop making fun of me and no matter what i do If you stop, I win, okay? So then the kids will, this is kind of hard to do by myself, but the kids will go, this will be the kids like, oh, you're so stupid. And I will respond in a way that they try to stop bullies. Stop it. You're dumb. What'd you say to me? I'm gonna hit you so hard. You're so ugly and I hate your face. I hate your face. I'm gonna go, Miss Aguero, I'm gonna go tell the teacher. I hope you. I hope this is amusing for you. That was
3: very I good. Am I love about this.
1: <laughs> okay, I have a I
0: puppet also, if I you need
1: rec- one. I can go get I one. I might <laughs> need a puppet, right?
2: Um, I recommend
0: listeners who, of this: a, you should go to the YouTube video. Oh it's yeah. Oh, to I, see I see forgot. It.
2: There's just the audio podcast. Okay. Um, oh, no, we So do the high well. we voice. <laughs> All right. So then there's the second version of the game, where the kids uh, are still same objective. That there's yeah. the puppet. <laughs> there it is. Nice. <laughs> If they stop making fun of me, they lose. So maybe they'll hurl mm. a few insults at me and the first one will be like, Oh, you're ugly. And then I'll say, Oh yeah, you're right. And they're like, they almost get stopped in their tracks and they're like, <laughs> didn't you hear me? Like I called you ugly. I was like, yeah, you're right. You're very handsome. You're you're so beautiful today. Who did your hair looks great? Well, my kids love to. Do your kids do this? What are those? They they yes. love to do that. So that's one of the things they go. What are those? And I'm like, oh, they're my sneakers. I love your sneakers, and they go. They look like you bought them from Payless, but probably I did, but whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. How would you know that? Well, listen, your shoes look really nice and really clean. I really like them. And th- and then they finally go. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, I'm gonna send you the video. Uh, Because as I'm teaching, like, my classroom management and expectations, I play these games with them to show them, you know, how they can take their power back from a bully, right? Mm. How they can, because the thing about bullying is, like, an unequal power. It's, like, you're trying to make Mm -hmm. the other person feel less than you. And we can say things to our students, like, oh, the bully is really just, Upset because they're jealous that they you have something that they don't or they want, but that just... doesn't resonate with the kids. If you give these kids actual skills and actual, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's it called? Just like strategies, actions, strategies. Actual, yeah. yeah, you give them actual strategies so that they're able to <laughs> not not fight back with this, but fight back with this. Mm. So that has been really successful in, in my classes because um, kids will get into altercations and I'm like, did you, the, the secret, did you do the secret? Did you, you know the secret? Let me tell you the secret. The secret is just compliment your bully. And they go, what? I'm like, yeah, do it. Do, I promise. I promise. Just do it. Um, and, and most of the times it works. Other times, of course, there's conflicts that, you know, require a lot more, but um, sure. these are some of the things that like we can do in our classroom to, to help deescalate situations. And, and I, and I see this, I know I've been talking a lot, sorry, <laughs> but, um, I see this as relevant to, um, the protests that are happening right now with black lives matter. And we can see a range of police response, we can see, and always like, we don't see what happens before video clip or what happens after video clip. We don't truly knew, know the whole story unless we're there on, on the ground. But there's very different responses. We've had some police officers that are joining and, and protecting protesters, and then we have others which uh, are much more violent and have escalated. And I, I see that kind of. I've been thinking about this a while now. It's like kind of like how I used to feel with that power struggle with my students. And I, I, I see protesters like getting into the police face, cursing at them. And I remember what that's like for me as a teacher, having a kid be so rude and disrespectful right to my face and just wanting to like escalate it. But us uh, in the teaching profession and i think police officers too we need to we're the leaders of of our communities and we have to be the ones that have level heads we have to de escalate situations um uh, because we don't want we don't want school to feel like like a like we we don't want school to feel like it, it's hmm us versus the, 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 them kind of thing what's that
5: an us versus them kind yeah, of thing. Yeah,
2: it's not us versus them. It, it, yeah. it can't be. And you know, uh, one of the, the, I saw this visual example, right? Like head to head with somebody, right? And, and how many times have you been in an altercation with somebody where you're talking face to face? Do you know what? One of the best skills that I've ever uh, read about was uh, taking your body and just moving it to the side of them and walking with them instead of going head to head. I always ask if a kid's having an issue, I always ask them, Hey, can you walk with me? I really need to go to wherever I make it up. (laughs) But, you know, instead of like talking to them in the hall or you'll sit down with them, you know, these are kind of body languages that are, uh, non-threatening. But if you're face to face Mm -hmm. with somebody in their personal space, that is a way to make them make our students not feel safe and, um, I always responding to disrespect with respect, if that makes sense, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, always you are gaining their trust because your students know that you will never be the one that tears them down. And no matter Mm -hmm. how rude they are to you and no matter how easy it would be just to yell at them and we can't do that, we can't. We have to be better than that, or else um, things like uh, the school-to-prison pipeline, it, it's, it's going to continue unless we, we change certain things about how we teach, and mm-hmm. we're very mindful about that. That was a lot, guys. I'm sorry. You know, oh, I'm, so, good. I'm so, good, so good. good. I get so and fired and up so about this,
1: seriously. It's, it's so relevant, and I think that when, whenever we go back and see kids in person— um, This needs to be at the forefront of our knowledge, and we need to be ready to go in with this because we are going to be facing an entire population of traumatized kids, and we know what trauma does. And we know, I mean, it, it all goes back to what we've talked about on here before about taking care of Maslows before we can even begin to get into Blooms. Oh yeah, um, like, and we're we have to establish safety, and you've got to be a safe grown up. So, thank you. For all of that, um, I will be linking like a crazy person, yeah, I'll send you <laughs> In some the stuff. description, so we're gonna give you guys some summer reading material. <laughs> I don't want to cut anybody off. I know Mark, I saw the wheels turning
5: going back, I think just and and we'll just touch on that briefly um, all back to the beginning of the conversation when you were talking about receiving um you know uh hate mail or things like that, of just people being jealous, um, I think that just comes out of their brokenness. And it comes out of their lack of feeling validated, um, probably even from an early age. And so I think as educators, it's, it's so important for us to recognize our that our, uh, our validation is what our kids are seeking. And if they don't get that, then it turns to jealousy. Um, you know, we, we at Chula Vista, at least with our music programs, um, I feel that we're, we're very intentional with being community over competition. And I feel that, you know, and this is a whole nother topic for another day like ranking schools isn't, isn't great, you know? And, and again, it's a whole Okay, when can I come and, back? <laughs> you come back? <laughs> you know? You're just
1: going to have to be friends with us, Melissa. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're dying. dying. Twist my
5: <laughs> arm. <laughs> Um, and so it's, it's I, I found it amazing that you brought up the Brooks Gibbs stuff, because as you were kind of mm-hmm. talking about it, I, I pulled it up on my computer. Like, I had the video. I didn't know his name, but I've seen it. the video before. You will and, love it. And talking about that. And I think that we need people to understand, and kids and adults both alike, that you don't have to perform at a certain level to be liked. You don't have to perform mm-hmm. at a certain level to be respected, you know? if you have somebody else's best intentions in mind like that that is going to come across and i think as educators there's often this performance issue and this performance mentality where if i don't perform x y or z my principal's is going to come down on me and like there's just very little grace given and it comes from a system that expects certain results but it doesn't account for the fact that we're dealing with children and it doesn't co- account for the fact like Trauma is deeply involved, but you know, X standard has to be hit, Y standard has to be hit. And like I think for me, like I I've seen growth over my school over the last few years. So I've been there since 2015. And from 2015 till the most recent test scores, every year our test scores have gone up. Granted, in a ranking system, they're lower than other than other schools, but there's a lot of other factors that go into that. But every year since 2015, when music and art came back to the school for the first time in however long, 30 years or so, they've seen growth. And I think that we need, as educators, need to understand that a kid with a single parent who's perhaps working two jobs in a one-bedroom apartment, and there's maybe four of them, isn't going to perform at the level as a kid who has both parents at home. Maybe one's a stay-at-home parent, and one works a full-time job, and like they have just other things. like They have more. Like I think about my daughter, like she has both me and my wife at home, like we're, we're a family and, you know, the, she is going to have certain advantages that other students don't who don't have those. And even you talking about um, your, your fear about, you know, sharing about your partner and stuff, like that's something I've never thought about. Like I have pictures of my family in my classroom, my, my daughter and my wife and stuff. And like, that's not something that I have to think about before doing, but it it would be ridiculous of me or it would be terrible of me to not pause for a moment and think that there are people who don't have that and who there are people who feel scared about that and i if if i you know use my voice to say i don't know where i'm going with this just so if i if i don't recognize that there are people who differ from me then that's a problem and so I just think that we need to listen more and we need to calm down. And I think it's also funny that when you said to make you stand up, my first thought was, Melissa, could you please stand up? And then if your (laughs) response is no, my response is, is there a particular reason? And, you know, and if you don't have one, I'm like, okay, well then when you're ready, can you please stand up? You know? And so like, that's where my, my, my thought process automatically goes to. So I just, I want to thank you for coming on and talking with us. Mm. There's so many great ideas and I wish that we had way more time and, yeah, yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> and thank you for supplying us with our summer reading list. I have yeah, for, for sure. Have some homework to do. Mm-hmm.
0: I really like. Oh. All right, go, go for it first. No, 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 no go for it I first. I was just gonna
5: say uh, the um, it was uh, Jane Elliott did a thing with Oprah, and yeah, like, there, there's a video um, about the blue eyes and brown eyes, and it's absolutely fascinating.
2: The uh, the most uh, something I just shared on on my pages was. Um, Uh, this 59 second clip that is like one of the most powerful clips I've ever seen. And this is talking about white privilege, right? Um, So she's on Oprah speaking to an audience of uh, predominantly white um, people. And she says, okay, white people in here, if you would like to be treated the way our society in general treats black people and people of color, if you'd be okay with... You being treated that way, please stand up. How many people do you think stood up? None. None, none yeah, of none. them stood yeah. up. And she made a point that says, oh, maybe you didn't understand the question. Let me ask you. Again. She's a teacher, okay? So <laughs> I've done that before. Let me ask, it, let me ask <laughs> it again. So she asked the question again, and she made it very clear. Nobody stood up. And at the end, she says, the fact that you're not standing up means you know that there's a problem. It's just okay that it's not happening to you. And yep. that, to me, and, you know, I of course, I posted it on my Facebook and stuff. But, you know, when people are commenting just na- nasty comments, you know, or, or comments that are baiting us to, um, you know, oh, all lives matter. No, 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 of course, all lives matter. It's important to have that conversation. All lives are not in in danger right now, okay? All lives do have value, yes, but black lives right now, people of color, this has been going on for a long time. There are laws that need to change. There's ways that uh, we do things that need to change. And I think us as educators need to kind of look at our own classrooms and, and, and think about our procedures, our rules, is there a way we can do it differently? You know, there's a lot of things, and
1: this is and our my our kids last, don't have time for us to get this, comfortable this before last, I go, before we do it.
2: Exactly, this is my last rant, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, schools, right? When they designed schools, I saw this excellent TED talk with uh, Ken um, Robinson. Mm, Robinson talking about the design mm. of schools, the bells mm. mm-hmm. and factories, and literally being designed for for the life of a factory worker. Like that, that little thing, you know, mm. if I could get rid of all the bells in the school, please. Like, that would be the first thing that I would do. You know, I went to Ukraine and instead of bells, you know what they had? They had music playing. And it wasn't mm. like, it wasn't distracting. It was nice, soft music. And I, I remember, the person who was walking with me, I, uh, what's the music for? And I go, we always listen to music in the bell. Ch-. They didn't call a bell change, but when classes change and I'm like, wow, that's such an, an amazing difference. And, um, yeah, it, it needs to be addressed. And I think we need to get more teachers to speak up and, and, and be brave about those sort of topics because it's not easy to talk about. And, um, there is this fear that if I say something in support of something, uh, I might get in trouble. Or, you know what? Being silent is a million times worse. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if anybody that is That's listening right. to this today who, you know, is, is maybe, you know, scared to come out, you know, or um, scared to support uh, movements that they see going on right now, I hope that, you know, that there's like so much support out there in the world and, you know, I'm with you and, you know, we have a lot of people that will support you and uh, don't be scared because you're not
1: alone. You are not alone.
0: Yeah. Um, I really appreciate how like, supportive and caring we try to form our classmates to be. And speaking of such, like, I really appreciate the community that we have created here. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. sitting on anyone's toes, am I? Nope. Cool. Awesome. Take so, the wheel, Jonathan. Out, all right. So then there's hard left turn it is. Guys, thank you so much for, being, uh, for helping us out and being a, the listening and caring community that we've formed over the past year. It's been great. Listening to your responses, hearing people from uh, different backgrounds, from uh, Chula Vista to the Bronx. You know, it's been great. And the way that this community grows is by visibility and by sharing. So please, guys, if you can go to your podcast listening app, go into iTunes, give us a review. Share us your thoughts. We want to hear them. Preferably positive stuff, but we will take any ideas of <laughs> five stars are only acceptable. Um, that, all said, uh, that all said, also, uh, you can email us if you have any thoughts or questions uh, at share There's um, the thoughts. We want to hear it.
1: And we're back with Spicato after a quick break. Imagine working with an advisor who isn't tied to specific brands. Mission Trails Financial has a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interests of their clients by providing independent, objective advice. Their mission is to help clients accomplish their financial goals. As Joe Vitale once said, a goal should scare you a little and excite you a lot. Do yourself a favor and set up a time to chat with Mission Trails Financial. Visit www.missiontrailsfinancial.com or call 619-419-0238 to schedule a call. You'll be glad you did. We believe that leaning on professionals is how we get ahead. Check out the program notes for more information. Melissa, you brought a spiccato, right? Oh, yes. yes. Oh, I can't
4: wait. Oh,
1: yes. I'm
2: so excited.
4: <laughs> I, I'm hoping it's something, but I'm. You are hoping it's something, but it's well, my yeah, Grammy. Like, I'm, no, I
3: went down the, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the YouTube rabbit
4: hole. It's, well, I won't.
2: Now I'm not sure if you you've used. I don't know. I didn't have time to watch all your podcasts. I'm sorry. That's but, okay. What okay. did <laughs> <What'd> you bring? <laughs> I need I brought a deck of cards. You didn't watch it. Oh, okay. we haven't done yeah. it have, yet. Have you done it? No. Okay. Good. No. No. All right, a deck of cards, and I'm, I'm not going to go first.
0: Yeah. Okay. Actually, so fun, th- uh, fun thing with the deck of cards, what I, I use cards from my class, but it's in the very beginning of every single school year. And um, what I try to do is I try to showcase that uh, teaching, uh, sorry, music and the arts, it's not something you just do quickly. So I do a magic trick for them. And uh, for the... Yes. By, show, by doing the match trip, I then say, there is a <laughs> skill legit. that you learn. It's like, I didn't just pick this up uh, yesterday. There's a skill you learn, and it takes practice to do it. And that's what we're doing here in music class. It's, it's a skill that you pro- process through it. And I want to do a shout-out to my uncle, who teaches photography over at Punahou. Uh, I guess Punahou over in uh, Hawaii, and he's the one who actually gave me the idea for that. So what
2: That's awesome. Too. A nice. little magic will go a long way. A long way we'll in, in the class. Um, you guys totally. ever? You guys ever sing uh, "Button You Must Wander"? Yeah. Yep. Oh God. Yep. You, uh. I need to find a button. button you must okay. Wand- imagine. Wand- imagine wand- this is a button, right? How fun is uh-huh. this, right? Button, you must wander, wander, wander. Keep your eye on the button, everybody. All right, <laughs> here we go. Where is it?
6: <gasps> oh my God! <goodness. laughs> <laughs> and then,
2: and then you pull it out of <laughs> someone's <laughs> shoe. And the class goes crazy. Okay, so magic that's goes awesome. a long way. Yeah, so.
5: <laughs> so I know what I I'm doing that. this summer.
2: Learning awesome. You can practicing your sleight of, of hand. You actually, can find I've some. On,
0: I've been working actually this summer just to work on sleight of hand just because I have <laughs> time to do it. So it's like
1: that's yeah. so cool. That's really cool. I've used cards before to pass them out to the kids as they come in the room and then to get into groups, so hearts and spades and, you know, like in the different corners. That's
2: what, I have not thought of that yet. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. It's an idea. Anyone else?
1: Mark? Anyone? Mark.
5: I, I had something. I had an activity that I did with cards, but I honestly I have no idea what I, I can't remember what I did, so come back to me um so
4: we've been talking about cards in my uh family group chat because my uncle was an editor for a bodybuilding magazine in like the 80s and one of the things one of the workouts that they would do was like like uh i think the red cards were push-ups and the black cards were sit-ups mm-hmm. and like you would try and go through the whole deck uh but I'm, i was thinking like translate that to music maybe you could do like um like an orchestra class you could do like okay like a diamond you have to play with slurs or like uh, that's fine but you know like do different techniques yeah that's yeah. really
2: like really cool um that i've i've used these actually when i've had some um comp- composition block you know like some creativity blocking so i'll, I'll be trying to uh, make a song or something for my class because, you know, it's so much easier just to, like, make a little rhyme or something, right? So um I've used these, in fact, to shuffle them and be, like, I've taken out, like, the 10 or you could actually use a 9. I usually usually use them through um 8, right? So for the scale degrees. And, you know, it'd be like, okay, I'm going to start on Ray and then I'm going to go to Do. And so those, I've kind of used it like that to kind of, help influence or help give me some creativity. I'll make a
1: little composition. I like that. Yeah. It's been really cool to do that. Quarantine Quarantine song of the week. week. Um, But we actually had something special to share for our quarantine song of the week. Um, So the four of us have been um, working really hard to figure out how to wrap up the school year for our kids and say goodbye. And um, I found out in talking to everyone that, multiple ones of us we're going to teach them jason Mraz's have it all and uh so i threw it out there to these guys that we should try to put together a virtual ensemble and bless them they said yes um and jonathan oh my gosh poured so many hours into editing the darn thing and i just i'm so dang proud of it you guys like i can't believe what we put together without ever physically being together so we're gonna share our have it all so one more quarantine song friends Yay.
0: auspiciousness and causes of success May you have the confidence to always do your best May you take no effort in your being generous Sharing what you can, nothing more, nothing less
6: May you know the meaning of the word happiness May you always leave the meaning in your chest I want you to have it all I want you to have it I want you
0: to have it all may you be as fascinating as a slap bracelet may you keep the chaos and your clutter off your desk may you have unquestionable health and less stress having a no possession though immeasurable wealth
6: may you get a gold star on your next test may your educated guesses always be correct may you
2: Well, Melissa, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, my social media is all at Salguero Music. So you can find me Twitter, Instagram, all the th- all the things. And, um, you know, <laughs> I would it. love, I would love, um, I answer messages all the time. You know, people reach out to me when they need um, help with, you know, hey, you know, I'm having She is this very sort of responsive problem. on social <laughs> so, media and
1: really fun to follow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, love, I love talking to people and learning from others because I certainly don't have all the answers and um, there's always something else to learn from other people. So I love doing that.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
4: Zoe, where can people find you? <laughs> Back to me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ms. Kumagai, also Instagram. Uh, and YouTube is different. It's Rosebank Panther Music.
5: Yeah, it is. All right. Yeah. Marks? How about you? You can find me everywhere Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Mr.
0: Keemer. Uh, Crystal, where can people find you?
1: You can find me, uh, Mrs. Pridmore on Instagram. You can find me at Finny Vappa on Twitter. And uh, you, can e- you can find me at crystalpridmore.com.
0: Awesome, awesome. And you can find me on the Twitters and Instagrams at Mr. Seligman, M R S E L I G M A N. You can also contact us uh, at chaotic harmony at CH classroom at all the socials, except for YouTube, chaotic harmony classroom for that one. And of course you can always, once again, write to us at uh, chaotic at gmail.com. Melissa, thank you That's so right. much.
1: Thank you guys. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks guys for making this such a fun adventure. Have a wonderful, restful summer. We're going to take a summer break, but we will see you back soon. Bye. The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore, Jonathan Seligman, Zoe Kumagai, and Mark Kemer. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebook.com slash chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom, and you can even find our episodes on YouTube. Chaotic Harmony is the name of our channel. Special thanks to Brian Pridmore for his help with production and equipment. www.pridmorea.com